excited today to continue our frequency series. So I know maybe some of you, this is your first Sunday in this series. I want to just bring you up to speed a little bit. We have been, uh, or I have been, leading us through a series called Frequency. Really believe that, that one of our calls or responsibilities as a pastor uh, and as a shepherd is to equip those that follow Christ, follow the Lord, equip them to hear the voice of God. We're a church that believes God is still speaking, and we believe that you can hear from Him. And I am convinced that the voice of God in our life directs us, it leads us, it moves us from where we are to where He's destined and purposed for us to be. And really, our responsibilities, we'll hear a little bit today, is to walk in obedience to the voice of God. You know, it's one thing to hear the voice of God. It's one thing to have an inner witness or to read the instruction and commands of Scripture. And it's another thing entirely to partner with God through obedience. And that's really how we reach our, our destiny, how we reach our future. It's, it's not as much as a pastor whether God has called you, whether he set you apart, whether he has a good future, and whether he has wonderful days ahead. I believe all of that. But for the, the part I can't do as a pastor, and that's on you, is that you take up God's word in and over your life. And that's my prayer. Behind the scenes, that's my prayer for you, is that in this series, you'll be encouraged, you'll be nudged, you'll be equipped, but then ultimately, you would follow God. You would obey God in all of his ways. So a couple weeks ago, we kicked this series off. Let's bring up the slide just showing where we are. Uh, first week, week number one, there it is. I kicked it off, really, the, the, the message summation, two words for you. It's simple today. Be still. If you're struggling to hear from God, that's my number one encouragement, my number one practical step for you. Slow down. Mama been trying to slow some of you down. Slow down. This Mother's Day, hear that, all right? Mothers, slow down, all right? Be still. Psalm 46, what does it say? It says, be still, and what do you get? Know that I am God. Some people live life and never have that revelation. They live near the kingdom of God. They come to church. They attend church, but they're never still. They're distracted. So I want to encourage you, encourage you. Be somebody. Set yourself some time in the week. Look, I'm not putting a heavy yoke. I'm not trying to get you to have an hour and a half or three hours of quiet time a day. No, 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 no. I'm encouraging you to find a moment to be still, to push pause, to get away, meet with God, begin to cultivate hearing his voice. Let's bring up that slide one more time. So the first week was be still. The second week, last week, talked about scripture. How many of you know, for many of our circumstances, God's already spoken? He's already spoken. A lot of times in my life, especially uh, in a couple decades gone by, especially those teenage young adult years, somebody... I was praying, praying, God, deliver me from all my stupidity. Maybe that's too transparent. But I was, I was praying about things, and I'm like, if I could go back to younger Paul, I would say, dude, just obey God's word. You know, no easy task at times. But sometimes the question before us with the authority and the challenge of Scripture is man, is the question to, obey, uh, to pray excuse me, or to obey? So we talked about that a little bit last week. This week, here's where I want to go. I want to talk about 
the journey of life, and I want to talk about hearing God's voice in the decision-making process. Very simple for you today. There are primarily three ways God speaks. How many of you are familiar with the phrase, yes, no, maybe so? All right. We're close, but that's not the message. The message today is yes, no, and I know this about you. One of your ultimate favorite words, wait. Come on, let's say that. We just love that word around here, don't we? One, two, three, wait. Right? Some of you have made lunch preparations. Come on, you follow Jesus. You're going to be the best customers those restaurants have all day. Why? Because you're the most patient people. Amen, somebody? Come on. Okay, 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 okay. I'm five minutes in, and some of you are already looking for the exit. No, I promise, we're going to go somewhere good. We're going to go somewhere good today. Listen, just a few moments together. We're going to look at a story that really, I think, can magnify this understanding of hearing God in decisions. The yes, the no, and the wait. We, we, we have a phrase, or at least I have a phrase. Kelly and I use this phrase in our relationship and in our home, um, on the macro level of life, we talk about God creating open doors. You familiar with that phrase? God just opened a door, all right? We're also familiar with the phrase, God just closed the door, all right? So there's yes, which is the open door. There's no, which is a closed door. And there's wait, contrary to popular belief. The wait door is not a broken door, somebody. It's just a holding place for what we believe is ultimately a yes or an open door. So hopefully I'll equip you. Hopefully I'll help you. Here, though, is the foundation. We're going to get into Genesis in just a moment. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead. You can get up in Genesis 12. We'll be there in just a minute. But as I was thinking about this message, I was just again reminded. God operates in relationships. He operates in relationships. And that relationship, it's fueled by faith. It's fueled by a trust in Almighty God. When we lack, when I, let's put this on me, when I lack trust in God, it can be very difficult to hear His voice. There's kind of a surrender that's involved, not kind of, a very much direction of life, surrendering to God, submitting myself to God. And as I was thinking about that, I was reminded of this powerful passage. You, you may not even know the verse, but you know the words. It's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it's two verses. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There is a chance that's all you need. That is your full plate for the message today for some of you. Some of you are holding the situations too tightly. 
all right? I'm lovingly, kindly, compassionately putting my hand on your wrist, and I'm just telling you, let go. Just, 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 all right? That child, I know that child, we know that child, and you're like, (laughs) insert stress words. (laughs) I'm coming alongside, and I'm saying, let go. So that's the foundation, the foundation, because you'll see this play out. In Abraham and Sarah's life. Because you serve, I don't mean to offend here. You serve a ridiculous God. He sees things in you and me that we don't often see in ourselves. He calls us to things many times in life that we do not see ourselves well equipped or well able to perform or function in. And it's the beauty of relationship with God. And we can always kick back, be in a place of faith, remain in a place of rest by simply laying the foundation. Oh, that's right. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Somebody say, thank God for that, right? Your ways are higher and better than my ways. That's our foundation today. So with that in mind, let's look at Genesis 12, all right? Genesis 12, some of my favorite words in the kingdom. Go! It's the open door, baby. It's time to roll. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The blessing is in the going through the open door. It's saying yes, Lord, to what he is opening for you. By all accounts, when you need faith, these next three words are powerful. Real deep here, y'all. Hang tight. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all their possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, They set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. I love the open doors of life. There is nothing like praying for God to open a door, and the door opens. But there's also nothing quite like the open door and having to leave familiarity, comfort, and convenience. Isn't it funny, the open doors? Maybe it's just me, but you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. God's moving, God's moving, God's moving. The door opens and then, I didn't see that happening so fast. I needed emotional time to prepare for the journey ahead. I, I have some prerequisites, Lord. I don't say them often, but... But kind of my timing is how I like things around here. Lord. And God's like, yeah, but, but weren't you just praying? I was, but I think I was impatient. I think I was impatient. Still. 
I, uh, you know, on second thought, let's just close that door. I cannot close. That is your future. Nah, let's do things a little comfy. Let's, let's keep comfort. Keep convenient. Let's stay in the familiar. No, those are three powerful words. We, we read right by him. So Abram went. The test. I want you to hear this. The test. We can bring up this slide. Thank you, Christine. Incredible Christine in the back. Got these in. The test during the open door is obedience. Shake off the shackles of convenience, comfort, predictability. Step into a sense of the unknown with the Lord. It's a call for that requires faith and trust in our Heavenly Father. It's not my favorite phrase, but it's a necessary phrase. Do it afraid. Welcome to the party. We're following Jesus. Here's the cool thing. Do it afraid and your emotions catch up to your faith. It's all good. God calls us forward. And the test of the open door, it's obedience. Abram left his homeland. He left his family. He left predictability to start the family of God. Abram's called, you'll look, you can look at Hebrews 11 and 12, he's called the father of our faith. There's, there's a mother heavenly involved as well named Sarah, somebody. God called him, not at 25, at 75. Some of you are familiar with that age number. And in life, by 75, you have a pretty predictable operating system. I mean, here's what's crazy. Some of you even sit in the same seat Sunday after Sunday. That's how predictable you are. Boy, that landed well. Um, but how many of you know it's 75? I mean, you got some patterns at play. And Abram had some patterns at play, and here's what God does. God uproots him, calls for him to move forward. It's an open door. I remember Kelly and I, man, when the Lord called us to plant a church. It was not on our worst day. Kind of wish it was. Because when it's your worst day, you can look around and be like, man, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Man, what is this place? This is disgusting. What are we doing here, God? No, no, no. This is terrible. This is terrible. And Kelly and I would always say, man, we're going to leave blessed. She was reminding me that of last night. You remember how I always told you we'd leave blessed? I was like, I remember, babe. You are the wisest person in the world. She is. <laughs> But it wasn't on the worst day. It was actually a season of momentum, a season of growth. God had brought along some incredible personal friends to us. We were flourishing. We were thriving. And God came knocking on the door. He said, you ready for this thing to open? He said, of course we are. Of course we're not. <laughs> but we said yes. And then here's what's fun. We actually planned and mapped it out in our mind. And my pastor had planned, mapped it out in his mind. Then he had the audacity to start shifting the plans a little bit. But it was necessary and it was good. But remember the test. The test during a yes is obedience. Some of you, I'll just say it. God's put some open doors in front of you. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. I'm going to talk about waiting at the end. Listen. It's fine to wait unless it's the season to go. When it's an open door, the test 
The test is obedience. To walk through. To walk through. Sometimes God talks with us or shows us, reveals to us the yes, the green light, the go. Other times it's the red light, the no, somebody. It's the close the door slammed in your face. Experience has taught me that no is good. If I had preached this message in my 20s, we would have stopped five minutes ago. It would have just been open doors. <laughs> open doors. I get everything I want every time I pray. That is maturity in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. God is my ATM in the sky that I love to fly to. Nope. I've learned. <laughs> I read some scriptures, somebody. Let the Holy Spirit convict me too many times. But knows often are a blessing in disguise. Notice we'll continue with Abraham. We're going to move so fast. We're going to go through some many years in Abraham's life. We're going to switch the page. Genesis 13, verses 8 through 13. Abraham is journeying with Lot. Here's what is happening in the land of Canaan. God is blessing. He's multiplying. There's a touch on Abraham's life. God is doing amazing things. An exponential increase is happening. So much so that, that the increase of cattle, the increase of, of um, the, the, the servants, the slaves, unfortunately, at that time that Abraham had, there were just so many of them. And here's the thing. Lot, there were so many of them. Go figure. When all these people get together, some fighting takes place. So they were quarreling. They were arguing. They were disrupting. And there was discord in the place. Abraham, a wise man that he is, he comes to Lot and he says, man, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be. There's so much land here. There's so much space. It's time to part ways. Let's part, let's part ways that we can reach and step into our destiny. And so in Genesis 13, verse 8, Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we're close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Abraham put... <laughs> Put the keys in Lot's hands. And Lot looked around and he saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered. Like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan. And set out toward the east. The two men parted company. What a sweet nephew. Right? Hey. He sees the land watered. He sees the skyscrapers. He sees, you know. The natural resources, he's like, that's the good land. Hey, uncle, I'm going there. And Abram's like, well, okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> and Abraham moves. But here's, here's what's interesting. It's a closed door. It's a no. There's more resources. Abraham could cultivate his crop, uh, not his crops, his cattle. There was exponential increase in the region Lot chose. Abraham's going the high road, saying, look, Lot, why don't you take it? Why don't, whatever, whatever you want, wherever you go. Abram's holding things loosely, which I think is a, is a key in our journey of life. And he trusts God enough to let Lot take the good land. It's a perceived closed door. It's a no. I have here, closed doors reveal. I'm just giving some perspective in this moment. God's protection. A no 
Seasons in life where God has closed the door out of his protection for us. Remove someone from your life. Transitions you from a job or a career you were praying for. Relocates you due to a job loss or difficulty. Initially, these are all interpreted negatively. So much hurt, pain, disappointment, delusion. It's like a knock to our faith. 2020, somebody. It had these moments for me. Difficulties, pain, some closed doors, some no's. And my interpretation immediately was this stinks. I don't like this at all. Is that fe- feeling of disillusionment, you know, things you thought were so certain or not certain. You've been praying, you have momentum, things are swinging in your favor, and then go figure, a global pandemic. All the difficulty of that. I thank God for his faithfulness. And his wisdom over the years. Because we saw bountiful blessing in the midst of some closed doors. But a no can be very difficult initially to take. Uh, Maybe there's some people in your life that over the last year, they're not in your life anymore. And it's hurt. It's been painful. I'm just adding perspective. Maybe God's got some good ground ahead. And some doors needed to close. Maybe there were some people holding you back. Maybe there's a career that's holding you back. Trust God in the no. We can bring up that test if we can. Amazing Christine who put these in before the service. Thank you. The test during a closed door of life. Oh, how about that? Is obedience. (laughs) We have to break free from the expectations we've placed on our future With our timing, our methods and strategy, and our plans. We trust heavenly, we trust, excuse me, our heavenly father with the process. The voices in your life can determine the vision for your life. And sometimes God shifts through closing doors to position you for blessing, promotion, favor. For the best days that he has for you. Some of you are here because there were some closed doors. There were some no's in your life. You were praying, God, change this, change them, change this, change this. And bloop, a shift occurred. And it hurt. It was pain. It was difficulty. But you pivoted and now you're thriving. Now there's joy. Now there's peace. Now there's purpose. If you're currently in a door that's been closed, maybe fresh off the block, man, maybe the sting and pain of a relationship that ended. Trust God. Obey in the no. And allow him to lead you. In the last the last place, I'll end quickly. The not yet doors. The waiting. The waiting. Some no's are simply not yet. Door that's been closed on a dream. Door that's been closed on a career that you're like, man, I know God said. I've journaled that sucker every year for the last 15 years. Just wait. 
don't know if you've noticed, but you have the most patient person in the world, the Holy Spirit, on your side. I love what Graham Cook says. God's timing is perfect. But he sure misses a lot of opportunity to show up early, somebody. <laughs> he does. His timing is perfect. Don't despise a waiting season. Man, the thir- my 30s, <laughs> I'm 40 now, so, you know, take that. All that wisdom from my 30s last year. Um, but my 30s, my 30s, God showed me the beauty of the wait. Showed me the beauty of the wait. Man, that as a believer in Christ, I'm not prone to panic, not prone to anxiety, not prone to fear, undue stress. Because my father has it all. And culture and all their expectations, they shoot at you. Family, maybe for some of you, your family of origin and all the expectations, they throw at you. Can I tell you, the best words of the Lord come in the waiting season. I I, I believe that. It was in the waiting season I read two profound books that transformed my life. Life of the Beloved by Henry Nguyen. Incredible book, The Life of the Beloved. I learned how to be the beloved of God. It wasn't about accruing things. It wasn't about performance. It was about resting in who God said I was. And God wasn't waiting for me to clean up and be perfect and everything right in place. He loved me for where I was and who I was. My greatest point of deliverance in my 30s happened during a waiting season. I was driving by the onion. No, the onion has no special anointing. Don't receive that. All right? (laughs) My family would disagree. But I was driving past... The KFC Onion Meyer, okay, all up in that anointed region. Okay, driving through. And in the waiting season, God whispers to your soul that breaks the stronghold of expectation. The Lord whispered to me in the waiting season, Paul, you will offend people. Learned that in the waiting season. What was he saying? Paul, you will let people down. And Enneagram personality test shows that I'm a three, the achiever. Try to earn my place. Try to strive my way in. Self-righteousness, it's a plague, but for the deliverance and grace of God. I learned that in my 30s at the start of Jesus' ministry that marked his life were before he had done one miracle, before he had healed one person, before he had preached his first sermon, his father from the heavens declared, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Because here's the thing in the waiting season, you're wanting to knock down the door to produce more, to be more. In the no season, you're, you're, you're crippled by the pain and the difficulty In the waiting season, you receive your identity for the Lord. Egypt, wilderness, promised land. The wilderness held a lot of good things for the people of Israel. It's that waiting season, that preparation season. God builds your identity. He calls you up and calls you forth in the waiting seasons of life. Can we bring up that test and I'll pray and we'll close and The test during the waiting door is patient obedience. 
Hold firm to God's promise in your life despite the timing, despite the lack of movement, despite the perceived setbacks. Patiently obey. It's the beauty of it. Abraham and Sarah, they concocted a plan during a waiting season, a long waiting season, a two-decade-and-a-half season, 25 years. Genesis 16, it recounts. So Genesis 12, Genesis 13, Genesis 16, the story's moved on. Abraham and Sarah have been holding long onto the promises of God, but they concoct a plan. Sarah's like, I got a maidservant. Maybe through her we can step into our promise. So Abram and Hagar got together and had Ishmael. And then God told them shortly after, nah, he'll be blessed. And I'll, I'll protect Hagar. That's just the beauty and mercy of God. He calls them favored too. But, but, but here's what we see. We see, but he's not the child of promise. So in the waiting season, that patience is important. We don't want to get impatient. That waiting season, that's when you take a job you should never have taken. Because why? Well, I'm unfulfilled. Well, unfulfillment, listen, listen, not being fulfilled is important. But more, more important is obedience to the Lord. What wise counsel you seek? I, I didn't seek any wise counsel. I just felt. Whoo, that's a danger zone. Don't just feel yourself into any decision. Have wise counsel in your life. Have the voice of God through the word of God in your life. Prayerfully, patiently, never buy into the enemy who consistently lies to us by saying, hurry up, you're in a rush. Or how about this? You're going to miss out. That's the biggest lie from the pit of hell. You're not going to miss out. Oh, you're a child of promise. Ain't no reason to rush. Pause into that baby. Pause into the promise of God. Amen. You don't want to be kicking doors down. Trust me, I've done it, and it's ugly. You want to patiently walk into the fulfillment of God over your life. Ordered steps by the Lord, trusting in His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.